0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, or shall I say Earth people or Earth persons or Earthlings or however you want to put that. Uh, I use that uh, to kind of introduce tonight's show. Tonight we're going to kind of branch off on a different uh, avenue. We've been talking a lot about President Trump, but I bet, I thought you, I bet you think I was going to go into talking about the, uh, the new nomination for SCOTUS tonight. Maybe we will a little bit afterwards, but... Um, no, I, I think that it's time to break away from that. We've gotten away from the ET thing for a while and, and, um, and we've gotten away from the illegal alien thing for a while. And I kind of want to blend the two tonight because I wrote an article back in 2007. Uh, what was that? 13 years ago. Right. And, um, it had to do with legislation. There's a. There's a guy out there named Stephen Bass Stephen Bassett. Steven um is um an extraterrestrial um law advocate where he is trying to make it so that the um E.T.s will be treated in a fair and equal manner when they arrive on Earth. Now those of you that know me and know us and know this ministry know that we don't believe that E. T. comes from another world or another galaxy or Or anything like that. Um, We happen to believe that ET is interdimensional. ET is spiritual. ET is fallen angels. Um, They came here before the flood. And Yeshua, you might call him Jesus. uh, But Yeshua said that uh, when he comes back, it's going to be just like it was before the flood. So as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. And you gotta understand, and perhaps we'll um perhaps in the next few days that follow, I can put together a few shows that uh will look at some um some of the conditions that existed on earth before the flood, not necessarily climate wise although one of them deals with that, but people wise and giant wise and sons of God wise, and where the sons of God came from, and who they were um uh, and we're all um uh, relating this to Genesis six of course. But, um, anyway, Stephen Bassett's been trying, and, and folks, you got to realize that, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Back in 2007, Stephen Bassett was a real big thing. Um, back then we would go down to, to Roswell every year and Stephen Bassett would be down there to talk. and He would talk about the ET agenda and, and how we should be nice to ET when he gets here because ET is a nice and pleasant Group of people, uh, different races, but um, and how they deserve to be treated fairly when they get here. Um, yeah, hogwash. Um, any advanced race in this fallen universe is going to try to subdue a race that's less advanced than they are, and we know that. Uh, just look what happened to Native American. Now, I'm not by no means a uh, uh, ardent. I support the Native American cause, uh, but uh, I'm not, you know, a, a wounded knee kind of person that goes out and protests. I don't protest anything, to tell you the truth. And to my, I guess that's to my shame because I should be out protesting at abortion clinics and stuff like that. But um, no, I'm, I'm for, I'm for their cause. I realized that they've been um, severely persecuted and there a lot of their land was taken away from them. And, um, and I do feel for that, and I feel for them. And and if I had my way, I would take a stage or two and just kind of give it to them. But uh, uh, which one would it be, and who do you want to displace? That's the whole thing. Anyway, um, but we're talking about people here. We're talking about human beings. We're talking about descendants of Ham, Shem, and Japheth, uh, who were descendants of Noah, who was a descendant of Adam, who was created by God. Uh, we're talking about human beings we're talking about the the people the the beings that uh yeshua came down and died on the Christ on the cross for he uh was called in the old testament or the um the tanakh he's referred to as a kinsman redeemer uh, a kinsman is a family member and uh, in the old testament there there are excuse me there, the uh, tanakh uh, there used to be a provision to where if a person was, uh, like slated, let's say um, you found some guy sleeping with your wife and you killed him. Well, your wife would have to be killed because she's an adulteress, but you'd have to be killed too because you took a life. Well, obviously you took that when you walked in on him um, and found him having coitus. And so you it was a, um, what do they call that? crime of passion. And so what you would do is you would... Um, uh, flee to a city. There are a certain amount of cities in Israel where uh such people could flee to. And as long as you stayed in the city, you were you were they're called sanctuary cities of all things. You know, you got all these liberal nut jobs out there that are are they uh claiming their cities to be sanctuary cities. And it's really a biblical concept, except they hate God and they don't want anything to do with God. But they'll borrow the sanctuary city idea from him. You know, I'm telling you, what what hypocrites, what ludicrous people that we have in this world these days um but anyway uh, so uh, jesus or yeshua was a kinsman redeemer who came and died for us he died for human beings that are that is people that have 46 chromosomes 23 from the mother 23 from the father and not anything else not any nephilim not any fallen angels or anything else he came to die for mankind um and he will come back to straighten the world out and uh make us make this a better place for us to live in someday, but there's gonna be uh um, hell on earth before that happens as you know when I'm doing my nighttime shows, by the way, I never said it was the twenty sixth it still is the twenty sixth of uh september uh twenty twenty the year twenty twenty and it's uh approximately eleven forty two p m so we probably started to show about eleven thirty eight Um, that's my guesstimate. I'll look and uh, I'll really be surprised if I'm right about that. Um, anyway, so let's, uh, let's get cracking here because I don't want to be on the radio all night. I really don't. I don't know if you know this, but this is my passion. This is, this is what I really like to do. I like being on the radio and, um. If I could, I would do this 24/7. I got to see something here. Um, I got to put this back down to 100% on the zoom. Okay. So, like I said, this is an article that I wrote back in 2007, and I got to change the copyright on it. Um, It's still copywritten. But um, anyway, I'm thinking out loud. Sorry. It's, called, it's titled uh, Illegal Immigrant Legislation and How It Will Benefit the Ultimate Illegal Alien. Okay. And all I ask is that you uh, you go along with me on this. You listen first before you make any judgments. I'm not picking on people that are coming into this country illegally. I will call them illegal aliens because that's what they are. Um, it has kind of come to an end anyway or severely uh, come to a almost a a complete halt with the uh, building of the wall and and, uh, taking back of our border, our southern border. Very few people are getting across anymore. And it's worked out really well because a lot of um, human trafficking was going on and a lot of kids are being saved from being uh, sent over that southern border and then all over the world to be used as uh, articles of uh, sexual pleasure for demented people out there. Um, So anyway... um, I'm just going to read from the article, okay? And I may interject every, something from Time to Times because things have changed from 2007 till now. Uh, hence, uh, we were talking about Trump being elected and a lot of this stuff coming to an end. But uh, the legislation has been put into place, and that's the important thing. That or the thing that's going to uh, work out for uh, another group of illegal aliens that uh, I feel are soon going to make their way onto the scene here. Um, what I wanted to tell you is that from time to time I take a quick sip of coffee. So, <clears throat> um, especially this time of night, uh, when you talk for an hour or two straight without stopping, sometimes your throat gets a little raw. And plus at this time of night, sometimes I get a little bit on the tired side. So I, I tend to sip some coffee from time to time. So I will take breaks from, uh, you know, uh, brief breaks. Um, we're talking seconds here, a a fraction. Uh, not longer than 10 seconds, probably not even longer than five to sip some coffee. Uh, because as I've told many people before in these shows, I hate cold coffee. Um, coffee's not meant to be cold. If you like it that way, that's fine, but you're not normal. (laughs) Sorry. Um, anyway, hold on. I'm going to take a sip. Wow. I got in three gulps. That's good. And it's starting to get cool already. Okay. And I will, I will start now. As I write this article, we are more than halfway through the year 2007. The big issue this year is the illegal alien question. Many here in America are worried about the influx of undocumented people coming across the border. Remember that word undocumented because we'll get into that later. Uh, across the border with Mexico and to some extent our border with Canada. Um, It is unfortunate that the Mexican people get the blame for all this. I've met a lot of newcomers to this nation, and I have to say that very few of them are of Mexican extraction. Most come from places south of Mexico, such as Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, and uh, various other Latin American countries, even South American countries. Uh, Mexico is simply the land through which they have made their exodus. Uh, granted, there are problems in this area, and all we can do is hope and pray that both governments will work will work things out for the good of all people, which basically they've done. Uh, knowing governments the way that uh, we do, this would be take a miracle, but we serve a God of miracles, and I think we've witnessed one actually, because there are Mexican troops on the southern border protecting our border, and our troops on our side protecting it. So, uh, and uh, what else was I going to say? Yeah, Mexico is, uh, at the time I wrote this, uh, many of them were not coming from Mexico, but Mexico was kind of turning a blind eye as they were traveling on trains from uh, uh, the southern Mexican border to uh, towns that are near our border and then just crossing illegally in. So uh, Trump uh, was real quick to take the Mexican government to task over that. And uh, they capitulated, and I'm thankful to them. Um, I love the Mexican people. They're wonderful people. Um, I was married to a Mexican gal, Um, wonderful gal, and her whole family. Well, except for a brother who's a schlemiel. The other brother's cool, the younger one, but uh, the older one, um, he's got issues. Let's just put it that way. And, uh, you know, we'll all meet our makers someday, and uh, some of us will meet, uh, before the uh, Believer's Throne of uh, Grace and others will meet, we'll see at the White Throne Judgment. And uh, the the younger brother, I know I'll see at the uh, the Throne of Grace. The older one, well, I'm not so sure. But you know what, he's still alive and he still has time to make up his mind. Um, now, having ta- taken time t- to look at many of the older American historical documents, I've noticed that uh, those of the, them that refer to human rights for the individual almost always refer to men, or the very, at the very least, people. Now let's take a look at the preamble of the U.S. Constitution, for instance. Okay, it says, "We the people, people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense." promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, which means children, do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. Okay, notice he said people, we the people. Okay, at the beginning of the United States Declaration of Independence, it says, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary, and I'm, I'm accentuating these words for reason and you'll see later, okay? When in a course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with uh, another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and the laws of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind, mankind, okay, requires that they should declare the cause which impel them to the separation. Forgive me. I got it. Okay. All right. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, okay, men, and that includes mankind, okay, it's not just men, it's men and women, are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that the security's rights, governments are instituted among men, Deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people, people, to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organization, organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and, Prud, uh, safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light of the and transient causes and that according, accordingly all experience shall shew that mankind, that's mankind, are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable then to right themselves by abolishing the form of which they are accustomed. Now we go to the Bill of Rights, okay? Now this you know, don't don't get bored here, okay? Um, I want you to realize what your rights are. But I want you to realize that those rights are for mankind and human beings. Sip a coffee. I gotta get it down while it's warm. Okay, the Bill of Rights and the Amendments to the Constitution. The conventions of a number of states having at the time adopted the Constitution expressed the desire in order to prevent uh, misconstruction or abuse of its powers that further uh, declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added. And as extended, extending the ground of public confidence in the government will best ensure the uh beneficence end of its institution okay ends of its institution resolved by the set the senate and house of representatives of the united states of america in congress assembled two thirds of both houses concurring that the following articles be proposed to the legislatures of several states of the several states as amendments to the constitution of the united states all or any of which articles which when ratified by three-fourths of the said legislature to be valid to all intents and purposes as parts of the said Constitution, namely Amendment 1, and this is the one that all the libtards use to uh, to riot and uh, take away all of our rights and, and to establish a press that uh, is against us, a media, that is. Um, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Amendment 2. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Page down. Scroll up. Amendment 3. No soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. Article 4. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall, shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things to be seized. That went down the toilet with uh, after 9/11. Um, Amendment 5, no person, here we go, we're people, persons, shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or, or indictment of a grand jury except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia, which in actual service in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of his life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of of life, liberty, and property without due process of law, nor shall uh, private property be taken from public use without just compensation. Enter eminent domain where they can take anything they want to from you. See, they they chip away at the foundation of this. And uh, anyway, Amendment 6, in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which uh, which, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature of the cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. Amendment uh, 7. In the suit at common law where the value of controversy shall exceed $20, the right of a trial by jury shall be preserved and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise re-examined in any court of the United States according to the rules of common law. Okay, it goes on. Okay. Now, I might as well go to the Tenth Amendment. Okay. Article 9, the enumeration of the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed or to deny uh or disparage others uh retaining the retained by the people. Amendment ten. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it uh to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Okay. See people and persons in there are a lot, right? Okay, now let's move on here. Many other binding and lawful historic documents have the same theme in them. These documents pertain to mankind, people, if you will, and they are written to protect the people that are governed under them. They are written by human beings to govern over human beings. When we look at the words mankind and men, we uh, are sure what the context is. Uh, Those words always pertain to humans or humanity, men and women. Real men and women who are humans, um, and you're wondering why I'm using that a lot, or really stressing that. Well, there's a reason. Uh, the word "people," however, is sort of vague, or perhaps it is the way it is that way because its meaning has been corrupted over the years. Some have asked me, "What kind of people do you suppose live on other planets?" Uh, other people have asked me, "What sort of people pilot UFOs?" Those are valid questions, but those who ask them use the word people inaccurately. Here's the definition of people found in a Merriam-Webster, Merriam-Webster dictionary. Mir- okay, and bear with me here. Man-entry people, um, uh, plural people. So it's one of those words that is uh, used in many ways, the same spelling. Etymology: Middle English, peple. From Anglo-French "popul," People, "pupil," from the Latin "populus," okay, <clears throat> which is where we get the word "population." Anyway, first definition, plural: human beings making up a group or assembly or linked by common interest. Uh, definition two, plural, human beings, persons, often used in compound instead of persons. Salespeople often use attributively people skills. Uh, definition three, plural, the members of a family or kinship. We're all of one family. We're humankind. Jesus came to be a kinship redeemer. Remember? Kinsman redeemer. Okay. Um, meaning number four, plural the mass of a community as distinguished from a special class disputes disputes between the people and the nobles often used by the communists to distinguish communists from other people. It's interesting that they use that and the nobles, a lot of times we're, we're learning anyway. Nowadays, the nobles are uh, many times, um, shall I say, not human. Um, Yes, I shall say not human. They're, um, Principalities, powers, rulers, and spiritual wickedness over high places, they're they're, they're serpent seed, so to speak. Let me get another drink of coffee here before it gets cold. Okay, there'll probably be one more of those before it's all over. Um, Let's see, Uh, number five, plural, peoples, a body of persons, persons, okay, so it's a bunch of people, human beings, that are united by a common culture, tradition, or a sense of kinship that typically have common language, institution, and beliefs, and that often constitute a politically organized group. And six, the body of enfranchised citizens of the state. You'll find that citizens always refers to people, too. Uh, So it isn't hard after reading the definitions above that the word people refers to human beings exclusively. So in an answer to those who asked me the questions that I mentioned above, like who do you think pilot UFOs and do people live on other planets? There aren't any people on other worlds, nor are there any people piloting UFOs per se, because people are human beings and are from the earth and nowhere else. Now, I do want to say that there are human built UFOs. Okay, so. That's a caveat right there. Um, this does not apply, however, to any UFOs that are from Earth or piloted by human beings. I think I got ahead of myself there. There are two types of UFOs, at least. At least uh, human engineered with alien technology and alien or physically manifested spiritual UFOs. Uh, more valid terms for the question asked would, would be uh, uh, beings or entities or the ones that pilot spiritual UFOs, okay? So if you want to ask what kind of beings live on other planets or what kind of entities or spiritual uh, spiritual beings live on, that might be a better answer or ask question. And uh, still I'm going to probably say uh, that it's probably not that possible. Um, since Earth is their focus of what they want to destroy, they seem to hang around here. Um another word that's used in many historical documents is the word person. Just like above, uh we we, we did a uh, definition. Well let's take a look at the word person. Uh, person uh function, it's a noun, okay. Uh etymology, Middle English from Anglo French persone, from Latin's persona, actors mask uh character in a play person, probably from Estruscan Versu mask from uh, the Greek prosopa, a plural of prosopon uh, face mask, more at uh, okay, it was just a, a link going to a different place. Okay, uh, meaning number one, human, individual, sometimes used in combination, especially by those who Prefer to avoid man in compound application of both sexes. Uh, number two, a character or part in a play or a guise. Uh, 3A, one of three modes of being a Trinitarian Godhead as understood by Christians. Uh, 3B, the uni- uh, unitary personality of Christ that unites the divine and human natures. Uh, Remember, he came as a kinsman redeemer, and he united us with, uh, with God because of that. Um, number four, uh, which is archaic, bodily appearance, the bodily of a human being, also the body of uh, and clothing, un- unlawful search of a person, actually, is a sentence it's used in. Uh, definition number five, the personality of a human being. Uh, definition number six, one, as a human being. A partnership or a corporation is recognized by law as the subject of rights and duties. And number seven, reference of a segment or of discourse to the speaker, to one spoken to, to one spoken of, as indicated by means of certain pronouns or in many languages by verb inflection. So again, it always refers to human beings when you hear the word people or person. Okay. So from looking at the definition above for person in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, we can plainly see that it is a singular form of the word people. We can also see that it always pertains to human beings. There's no doubt whatsoever that the documents that our forefathers drafted for the protection of the populace was dedicated to and limited to mankind, namely human beings. So why am I so adamant about this subject? You may ask. Did you ask? Okay. Uh, we'll now examine current, current vernacular that is being passed off to the public, either knowingly or unknowingly, by the government and the news media. Scroll down. Okay. Modern vernacular as it applies to immigrant legislation. Yeah, we looked at some of the documents that our forefathers drafted for our protection and welfare. We determined by doing a short word study that those words show that the documents apply to human beings exclusively. I find it interesting that those men had the insight to refer to to refer to to mankind at all. I mean, after all, what else could there have been at the time uh, that they drafted those wonderful documents? For instance, they could have said everyone is created equal. Some might say that they referred to men because they were sexist and didn't want to include women in their document. I don't think that was the case. Uh, they could have said all males were considered equal if that's what they meant. These were for the most part Christian men who would have known that they were that they were to love their wives as Christ loves the church. We also know that the founding fathers spoke a purer English an English that derived from the Elizabethan, uh, Elizabethan uh, English, which is the same language that the King James Bible was uh, penned in, the Bible, in the Bible, the word men, when used in this context, refers to mankind, and the only time it really makes a a differentiation is like when it talks about Israel coming out of Egypt, when it says men, it means men that are fighting age. Okay, that was anywhere, I think, from 15 all the way up to, well, at that time, probably 40, because men didn't live that long. And um, then it will always say fighting men, and it will say men, and it will say women and children. And the, uh, the, well, the children were included in it, but the elders were included in in that category, too, because they were no longer a fighting age. Although, you know, you can still pick up a spear at my age and and use it quite effectively, so... um, Anyway, I digress. So, um, some could argue that the founding fathers were t- trying to distinguish between white men, black and, uh, or white and Native American. Any study of history will show that a minority of the founding fathers did have servants who some might refer to as slaves, but in most cases the servants were well cared for, many times ach- achieving freedom for themselves, at which time they stayed with their former owners to serve further with them as uh, free employees. Uh, the people always knock Thomas Jefferson, but it's quite well known that Thomas Jefferson had a, a black uh, woman that he loved and uh, had children with. And uh, that's where probably the, the name, black name Jefferson came from. Um, I, would, I would argue the same thing for Washington, too. Uh, a lot of uh, black Americans with that last name. Um, So uh, the thought that the Founding Fathers um, thought of African servants as less than human is probably null and void. I won't argue that some would would probably have thought that, but um, null and void and would not cause them to differentiate them from the rest of mankind in the documents. You know, I have a feeling, and way down in the depths of my heart, that when... The framers of the Constitution wrote the Constitution that they knew that someday slavery would come to an end. They knew that it would probably be a bloody end, but they they knew that it would come to an end and that all men would be the same. Uh, I just have that feeling. I don't know. Um, Furthermore, when, when Protestants arrived in America, they saw the Native American not as a subhuman individual, but as a savage or a heathen. Uh, The same thought ran through the minds of the missionaries who ran into the German and Slavic tribes in Europe when Christianity spread in that area. They weren't seen as subhumans, but as people who were steeped in in hedonism and the occult and who needed to be saved by the blood of Yeshua HaMashiach. So we can pretty well be assured that when the founding fathers used the words men in their documents, they were referring to all descendants of Noah, uh, not uh, that it's uh that it, excuse me, maybe I made a typographical here. All of the descendants of Noah, that is all of them who were, were human beings. OK, we have to wonder if they are cognizant, if they were cognizant of the fact that there would come a time when other beings would try to establish an identity within our society. Maybe they were aware of the scripture in the book of Daniel or maybe even in um, Genesis six. In Daniel it says um, chapter two verse forty three and whereas thou sawst the mixed uh the iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seeds of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with, with clay. And again that was Daniel two, forty three. Oh, I think I went down too many pages. Okay. Okay. In modern society, with the drafting of laws and such, we have a large hurdle to jump, that being political correctness. <laughs> the day political correctness dies, I hope I'm alive and I am going to party like it's 1999. Um, society is f- uh, fractioned into splinter groups, each demanding equal rights but wanting to be more equal than other groups. It's sort of like a political gangland out there, each group marking its territory and using sensitivity um, as a weapon to gain ground. In other words, um, you're not being sensitive enough. You know, in my line of work, I, um, I've gone through several classes of sensitivity training, cultural training, and everything else. And let me tell you, it's, it's always a blame game. That's all I'm going to say. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Most of us have probably been victims of the... Okay. In modern society, we're drafting such laws. um, Let's see. It's sort of like a political gangland. I read that. Sensitivity as a weapon to gain ground. Okay. We've all seen how the political correctness game is played, and most of us have probably been victims of it at least once. (laughs) Many, many times. Um, Yeshua warned us that this would happen before he came back to earth. It says in Matthew 24 7, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse or many places. Matthew 24 7. Now, the Greek word for nation in its passage in the scripture is ethnos. Um It's where we get our word ethnic from. So, let's see, and then we look up ethnic, and uh it's an adjective. It comes from the Middle English, from from late Latin, ethniscus, boy, I try saying that one five times fast. From Greek, um, ethnicos, national, Gentile, uh, from ethnos, uh, nation, people, akin to the Greek ethos, custom. Uh, definition number one, heathen. Definition number two. Uh, of or relating to a large group of people classified according to a common racial, national, tribal, religious, linguistic, or cultural origin or background. Um, and it uses different uh, words like ethnic minorities, ethnic enclaves, uh, meaning number B, being a member of a special ethnic group, um, as for example, ethnic German, meaning number C, uh, of relating to or characteristic of ethnic, uh, of ethics, uh, ethnic neighbor, ethnic neighborhoods, ethnic foods. Okay, so what Yeshua was saying, in essence, is that racial group would rise against racial group, or that ethnic groups would rise against each other. This is true in many lands today. Here in America, it's it's so very prevalent. You see, in order for this to happen, a society has to be fragmented. Satan though he is insane as a tactful military commander, he just thinks he's going to win a war that he's going to lose. So um, anyway, he knows the meaning of divide and conquer for people to have cohesion. They have to have a common purpose, one steady foundation uh, and the foundation of America. That foundation was Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob or Yitzhak and Yaakov, um, in former times, the vast majority of society agreed that Yahweh was the glue that held things together. Jews, Protestants, and Catholics all agreed, and there were certain and all agreed that there were certain tenets that needed to be adhered to to make society work. They might not have agreed with each other's theology, and they might have even had disdain for each other from time to time, but they all agreed that Yahweh's laws had a cohesive factor, and they abided by those laws. I can tell you, coming from a neighborhood where all three coexisted together, yes, they did coexist, but uh, the Catholics did not like the Protestants very much, and um, neither the Catholics or Protestants were very fond of the Jews. They all tolerated each other, but that was about it. Okay. Okay, and it is true in the earlier days, those who came to America, even if they worshipped other gods or didn't worship God at all, had a respect for the foundation upon which the nation was built on. They all came to America to be Americans and to leave their lands and allegiances behind, to make America their land and to give their allegiances to their new land. But things started to change about two-thirds of the way through the 20th century. In the latter part of the 20th century, people started to arrive from all over the world. They didn't come with the express desire to leave the old behind and to assimilate. They came with the notion that they could be extensions of the lands that they left, little sovereign nations within the corporation of America. They knew that America offered freedom, but they denied the basic theme that made America great, that being assimilation into American society. So now America is like a dog that's nursing and there are not enough nipples for all the puppies. Had the puppies the wherewithal to realize that there's not enough milk for all and that everyone must wait their turn, then the feeding would be orderly and fruitful. Instead, each puppy thinks that it has more right to the milk than the others. So there is a consistent shoving and growling as they all try to work out the pecking order which they never will, because everyone will think, continue to think that more they're more important than any other. Um, I think that people should uh, think about the words of the Pledge of Allegiance, which state, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The flip side of the coin is more risk, realistic these days. A fractured nation that is not under Yahweh, horribly divided with liberty and justice for anyone who can turn out the largest number In the street to protest, and boy, oh boy, Portland is an example of that. Um, Now we got to keep an eye on words. Okay, we've been doing that so far, pretty good, pretty good job at it. But uh, let's let's keep a little closer eye on words. The thing is that uh, we as citizens in a mostly free society need to be careful of how words are used in the uh, proposal of new legislation. I think we can agree that those in public office and many in the judicial realm are corrupt. Most politicians, most lawyers, and a fairly large number of judges are in the professions for money and power. A fraction, over a fraction of their populations love Yahweh, let alone know Him. If they're not righteous people and Yahweh is the farthest thing from a mind, then they can't help but use their position for personal gain or to climb up the power ladder. There have been numerous accounts in recent years of legislators passing into law legislation that they've never really read through. Um, if they have read through it all, this is a pretty well serious matter, to say the least. Um, take Nancy Pelosi, who, when it came to the Obamacare, said, we'll never know what's in it and, until we pass it and we can read it. That's kind of bass-ackwards thinking to me, you know. That's like buying a car and then reading that you have 96% interest on it. You can't really complain afterwards, right? You signed it. You're supposed to read it. Okay, new paragraph. Politicians, for the most part, do not care about right or wrong anymore. They've cast away any scruples that they might have once possessed, and they've traded them in for greed and power. They give to the masses of people what they cry for, even if it's detrimental to those people whether immediately or a long way down the road as people become accustomed to getting what they want they start to trust their leaders for many decisions and after uh after a longer while they trust their leaders with every decision here's an analogy let's say that there's uh 100 kids on a field trip and only 3 adults watching them all the kids want candy to eat but the, but the 3 adults say that it's not a good idea because it will help to advance tooth decay and It's just not healthy. Uh, but the candy vendor tells all the kids that the candy will be free as long as they eat his candy. So kids being the way they are, they demand that the three adults let them have free candy. After a while of complaining and whining, the kids have to have their, they get their way and they get their free candy from the vendor. Uh, you can only argue with kids for so long and then you finally give in. Trust me. Um, There are other groups of kids there, too, and they start to complain to the vendor, telling them that they want free candy, too. They, too, get the free candy. Well, a few months progress, and the children are happy with their free candy, but then things start to happen. Some of the children develop cavities or tooth decay. Others are becoming obese, and in a few others, all the sugar has exacerbated the diabetes. And, yes, you can get type 2 diabetes at a very young age if you have the genetic makeup for it um i bet you thought this was the end of the story right well it only gets worse those candy vendors start to get complaints from the children they're mad at the vendor and want to do something so the candy vendor says no problem i just so happen to have brother uh, have brothers One's an excellent dentist, another is a renowned dietitian, and the third is an endocrinologist, and all three can help you with your problems. The only thing is that you'll need—that you'll need to do—is to let me uh, tax your allowances that your parents give you, so that everyone can have these services. But what he doesn't tell them is that they are now the wards of his little enterprise and slaves to him and to his relatives. So just a couple of words free candy started problems that have major implications I think that is um that it was so aptly put in the movie Red October Hunt for Red October when the politicians in movies said to the main character I'm a politician and when I'm not kiss- and when I'm not kissing babies I'm trying to figure out ways to steal their lollipops when we see legislation in any form the first thing we that should come to our mind is what's in it for the writers of the legislation and how's it going to advance their position or agenda either now or in the long term scenario. And it always does. That's why Trump's having so many problems these days. The reason why you're not getting another stimulus check. Well, Nancy Pelosi wants to throw some pork in there and he won't allow it. So she's going to hold up your stimulus check and Trump's going to get the blame for it. Well, from most, from a lot of people, not from me and you. Okay, next paragraph. If anybody reading this were to take a look at the legislation that's been passed over the past 25 years or so, they'd realize that the wording had been used differently. For instance, the word people never really refers to everyone in a corporate body uh, of all the American people. Instead, it is used to refer to subsets of individual groups uh, of people in our society. Since society is so fractured, It can never be used to accurately refer to American people as a whole. When you hear any politician use the term the people or the will of the people, he or she isn't referring to Americans as a whole, but only to those who are screaming the loudest or at the largest constituent body that they can influence. Isn't that the truth? For many years, the term illegal alien was used to refer to any person from anywhere, not just Latin America. I remember when he used to call me a WAP because I was Italian because WAP used to mean without papers. Um, Anyway, I digress. Um, For many years, the term illegal alien was used to refer to any person from anywhere, not just Latin America, who entered the United States without proper permission. Look at the words. (laughs) Illegal. Let's define illegal. It's an adjective, Middle French, Medieval Latin, Middle French, illegal from uh, Medieval Latin, illegalis, from Latin, in legalis, legal. Um, and it means not according to or authorized by law, unlawful, illicit, also not sanctioned by officials, by official rules as of a game. Okay, remember that word, unlawful. Okay, And let's look at the look at the word alien. Okay, Um, Now, I don't know what dictionary this is from. It has to be a recent one. Um, Let's see. The word alien again is a noun, a person of another family, race or nation, a foreign born resident who has not been naturalized and is still subject to the citizenship of a foreign country, broadly a foreign born citizen extraterrestrial is the third um, definition, and the fourth one is exotic. Interesting. You know, 30 years ago, extraterrestrial would never be in there. But Miriam Wester has decided to put that in there now. So it's quite evident to see that the term illegal alien refers to a foreign born resident who has not been naturalized and who broke the law to get here. Keep in mind that one of the meanings of alien is extraterrestrial because that will figure into the equation later. Um, We have to remember, though, that we live in an age of political correctness and the politicos have said that the name illegal alien isn't nice anymore because it could hurt the feelings of people. (laughs) I'm banging my desk very quietly because it's late and my wife's sleeping. If I could, I'd throw the desk through the window right now. It might hurt the feelings of people. Oh, my goodness. If I have to hear that term one more time, I don't care about people's feelings anymore. I care about whether they're going to hell or heaven. And if I have to hurt their feelings, let them know that they're going to hell so that they'll realize that they need to go to heaven. That's what I'm going to do. And if you don't like it, suck it up. Um. In order not to offend those who have skirted around the law, a new term has been invented, a more friendly term, undocumented worker. Let's take a word. Let's take a look to see what those two words mean. Undocumented. It's an adjective. It means not documented, not supported by documentary evidence. Lacking documents required for legal immigration or residence. That kind of says illegal to me, doesn't it, to you? And let's see. A documented worker. Okay, we're looking at. So the word worker, it's a noun. One that works especially at manual or industrial labor or with a particular material. A factory worker is an example. Often used in combination. Be a member of a working class. Uh, definition two, any of the sexually underdeveloped or usually sterile m- members of a colony of special ants, bees, or wasps, or termites that perform most of the labor. That does not mean anything for us. Okay. So we see again, the meaning fits quite well into the scenario that's presented to us these days. The politicos try to get around the issue by calling the illegal work, calling it illegal workers, which is true. Most of the. Most of the uh, most are very hard workers. But if you look at the word undocumented, we see that it's, that it still says that they are illegal immigrants. The same thing is said, but what sounds like a kinder kind of word so we don't hurt their feelings. Man, I don't know. When I was a kid, you didn't worry about hurting people's feelings, especially if they were doing something illegal. <laughs> Jeez. Um, okay. The changing of the wording from uh, the classification of illegal aliens is done for two reasons. The first is for political correctness. It makes the person who entered illegally feel better, like they're being accepted into society. To them, they are no longer no longer alien, but someone who has contributed to society. You always hear them say, "But I pay my taxes." Um, it gives one a sense of having to step up the uh, have a sense of having stepped up the rung. Uh, the latter, uh, a rung. Uh, this, uh, the second reason is for changing of the opinion of the populace that is concerned about the influx of those who see, uh, these people as invaders of their land. It elevates the alien from criminal status to one of an individual who j- just has not gotten a proper paperwork and gives the assumption that, um the correct paperwork will remove the crime and the punishment from the crime from the person who entered into the nation illegally it puts a different facade on the status of the illegal alien and it removes the criminal act from the person and makes them look like a victim rather than a lawbreaker the, see how they they do things oh it's amazing how they how they they work for the, the english language the manipulation of uh wording is a skill that has its roots all the way back to the garden of eden where the nakash or the snake Many people still see it as being a snake, that talk. But it was the Nakash, a bright shining creature, told Kava Eve that if she ate the fruit, it would not kill her. It would open her eyes and she would be like God. That manipulation of words had profound effects, and she and her husband and billions upon billions of their children. The second definition, the one about the worker being a member of a colony, is important. And it will be referred to soon because it refers to those who will try to slip in under the radar of uh a future legislation. Um, it should be noted that. Um, where was I going with this? Yeah, when when the, the Nakash told Eve that or Chava that she wouldn't die. Um, I don't know if she realized or not, but it. I don't know if she even knew what die meant, you know, um, maybe she thought it meant physical death, but she suffered a spiritual death that the rest of us have suffered from. And, um, it takes the, uh, coming of the son of God to die on a cross to take that away. And if you haven't accepted that, maybe today's the day you'll do that. Cause if you don't, you're not going to a good place. Um, I think at this point I should bring some clarity to my position on this whole illegal alien issue. I am pro-immigration. All of my ancestors came from other lands, uh, such as Denmark, Germany, Italy, Czechoslovakia, and Poland, name a few. Um, and if I was against illegal immigration, I would be the chief of hypocrites because I would be denying my own family history. But I am for legal entry into our land my ancestors all came from their homelands and denounced their allegiances to their lands. They still kept parts of their culture, but they kept it in their homes and were assimilated Americans outside of their homes. After a couple of generations, they were all Americans and nothing else. This is the ideal of becoming an American. Um, I'll make sure it's not down here because I don't want to repeat it. But uh, there's there was a story of... uh my uh grandfather told me and he uh I'm glad he told me this story because i I use it many times um, His father was from northern Italy and his mother was from Sicily and when they came to this country you know he was born after my my great grandfather got here and and my great great grandmother and obviously after they got married but um he was born in nineteen o six I believe um And he told me a story where he uh, was out in a store with his father. I don't know what kind of store it was. He, He made it sound like a grocery store or a hardware store. And I don't know where I get that from, but that's where. So anyway, he started speaking to my great grandfather in Italian. And my great grandfather put down what he was holding, grabbed my grandfather by the ear, the lobe of the ear dragged him outside, and pointed his finger at him and said, these people have been nice enough to let us come into this country to live with them. We have to do them an honor. We have to honor them and not speak our native tongue when we're around them. You can speak Italian at home all you want. But to honor these people who have been nice enough to let us come and live here, you speak only English when we're outside the house. Boy, I'll tell you, it'd be a different country. You wouldn't be hearing press two if you speak, if you want to hear this information in Spanish every time you pick up the damn phone. Um, let's see. Let's go down the next paragraph. <clears throat> I have to admit that every uh, to everyone that for a few short years, I had a chip on my shoulder about illegal aliens. I'm still con- it still concerns me uh, what is happening because I, like, I love and like my country and the freedoms that are afforded to me and the American lifestyle, uh, of course, minus the sin of hedonism, of course. But uh, one day Yahweh got a hold of me during a time of prayer and he explained to me about Leviticus 26 or chapter 26, where Yahweh tells Israel that if they abide by his laws, that they would be blessed, but in turn, if they ridicule and mock Yahweh by turning to other gods and rejecting Yahweh, there would be negative implications for her actions. One of the negative results was that Yahweh would have foreigners come and possess their land. Since our founding fathers and generations that succeeded them placed the United States under the authority of Yahweh, then these same rules apply to this nation. The, ru- the result of our turning away from Yahweh his laws and His love and His grace is, aside from many of, of the promises of Leviticus, that foreigners have rushed over the border into, in great numbers. And people are waking up to find the judgment of Yahweh coming upon us. We are quick to blame the aliens, to want to kick them out of our, and shut our borders. But if Yahweh is using them for judgment, who's really to blame? We are. But Yahweh had more to say about the subject. For two centuries, America sent out many missionaries to foreign lands to preach the lost, to the lost populations of those lands. Back around the time of the 200th birthday of the United States in 1776, we took a turn towards the worst, setting the sights on ungodly things and even passing legislations to make ungodly things uh, legal and protected under the law. As each year progressed, we became more ungodly and we sent less and less missionaries out into the lost and, uh, lost out to the lost people in foreign lands. sorry the thing is that these people still need to hear the gospel of Yeshua HaMashiach so Yeshua told me that one of the reasons why so many people are flooding over the borders is this since you won't go out to preach to the lost I'm bringing the lost to you many of those who are spilling over the borders have been chosen from the before time began for salvation And Yahweh is going to use any method that he can to bring the message to these people. What are we as believers in Yeshua need to be doing? Is we need... uh, Go down a page here. We need to step off our high horses, humble ourselves, and start asking these people to come to church. We need to introduce them to Yeshua. They're not going to get a relationship with him through through the Catholic Church. We need to show him to them. So if anyone reading this has hatred for illegal aliens in human form, I would suggest that you put aside your hatred and pick up Yeshua's banner and lead the loss to salvation in him. And when you think about it, what action do you really think he would favor? Right. Okay, let's get down to the real crux of the matter. So who else could benefit from the new legislation? (coughs) I think that just about all of you who are reading this can agree that we live in strange society and it's getting stranger every day. And boy, it's been 13 years since I wrote this and it's gotten even stranger. Um, for reasons why only Yahweh knows he's chosen for me to live in the capital of the strangest state. That's California. That was back in 2007. Now I live in Oregon and it's just as strange. Um, Every strange and bizarre fad comes from one of two places on Earth, Europe and California. And since so many Californians live in Oregon, I guess I can include that here, too. Um, over the past 40 years or so, there's been a push for people to believe that animals should be given special rights status. The main impetus of this push is from socialist circles And from those associated with the environmental movement, all of which seem to adhere philosophically more to the Hindu, Buddhist, and other Eastern religion ways of looking at things. Much of the animal's rights premise has its roots in Hinduism and their belief in reincarnation. Because of their belief in this, their belief in karma, there's a conception that some relatives might have been reincarnated into certain animals. Therefore, those animals have rights. That's why people are starving in India. Um, you don't want to eat the cow because the cow might be grandma that died three years ago and was reincarnated into the cow. Um, When you get down to the crux of the matter, that's what it is. Okay, next paragraph. In the environmental movement, um, these thoughts have have been further perverted into the belief that lower life forms have rights and even trees and other flora have rights also. Not too far from Sacramento lies the town of Davis. Davis is a university town, and with that title, it's attached to the strangeness that is all its own. Several years ago, the good people of Davis noticed that the frogs were dying on certain roads during mating season. So the city spent $14,000 to build a frog tunnel under the road. The frogs don't care, though, and they ignored the tunnel and still get run over. It's too bad frogs can't read English. You could put a sign out there that says frogs enter here. But, uh, you know, frogs are frogs. They're going to do what they're going to do. Another story about this insanity is illustrated in the great butterfly caper. Seems that some of the wonderful people of Davis realized that when cars drove on the road that traverses through farmlands, that there was a lot of yellow butterflies killed by the cars on that road. Their solution was to propose legislation that the road not be used during certain hours of the day to protect the insect. Thank Yahweh that cooler heads prevailed and that this legislation that this major thoroughfare did not close down. And I say that because I used to drive that thoroughfare to get to work every day. Um, Butterflies are attracted to light. They're attracted to the the headlights of your car. So, yeah, they're going to be attracted to your car, no matter where you are. Anyway, I don't want to go there. Uh, there's a scripture in, in uh, well, there's a scripture I'd like to read. Let's put it that way. Uh, and it pertains to uh, this madness of the, the liberal mind. Um, and I'm in full agreement with Michael Savage that liberalism is a mental disorder. Uh, the scriptures from Romans 1, and it's from uh, verse 22 to 25. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the un- uncorruptible God into the image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God gave, also gave them up to uncleanliness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than a creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Okay, I think it's quite interesting that that uh the place where these sorts of practices are performer is is in or around college towns um in these towns where people for, for profess themselves to be wise uh the most foolish things are done. The education of the righteous man or woman is a wonderful thing, and it will be used for the glory of Yahweh, but the education in the hands of immoral and ungodly person is like putting a gorilla. Uh, Like letting a gorilla play with uh, a case of nitroglycerin, and it's only getting worse. Um, But aside from animals and other earth creatures, what other beings will uh, will modern society ascribe rights to? Over the past four decades, our society has been bombarded with the notion that there's life somewhere else in the universe. You hear it all the time, you know. You watch cable television, it's all over the place. Why would the travel channel have UFO shows on it, you know, and shows about ancient aliens? Um, there's, There's an agenda. Anyway, okay, we've been bombarded with the notion that there's life somewhere out there in the universe. The American Space Agency, known as NASA, the National Aeronautic Space Administration, has recently taken off their facade, That it has weren't for uh, all these years saying that they didn't believe in life and weren't searching for life outside the universe. Now they're saying that they're interested in finding life in places other than the earth. For many years, they kept up the masquerade, telling us that they are interested in exploring space for the purposes of colonizing it. But those of us who knew better had them figured out a long time ago. I mean, why send a Voyager craft with a plaque telling of our location in space and a gold recording album uh, introducing us to whoever is out there if they don't have an agenda, right? No, the purpose has always been to find life and discredit Yahweh's word and Yahweh himself, but to this date, nothing has been found, and it is our contention, my contention, that no corporeal life will be found either. Understand that no corporeal life corporeal means life that has a body and blood flowing with inside of it. Now, I don't discount that there are going to be planets where there are insects or planets where there are trees, um, but I don't see any intelligent life out there. Now, let's look at the word alien. Okay. well, wait a minute. I skipped a whole. Okay, I skipped the whole paragraph. Uh, while those of us in the Messianic realm who have studied the origin of UFOs, extraterrestrials, and the like have found that these entities are fallen angels, the world still believes that they are visitors from other worlds or from our future or ascended masters who have evolved into higher life forms. Because of the status uh, that the world bestows upon them, they they are the ultimate uh Ultimate alien, not from the confines of Earth, but visitors from the vast reaches of space. The fact is that they play tag with our military aircraft, appear on the scene, uh, uninvited, and abduct people against their will. And it's pretty good evidence they are here illegally. Let's look at the definition again. Uh, of alien, a person of another family, race, or nation. Pardon me while I scroll down. A foreign-born resident who has not been naturalized and is still a subject or citizen of a foreign country, broadly a foreign-born citizen, extraterrestrial or exotic, and illegal. um, Etymology: uh, well, We'll go into that. Unlawful, illicit, also not sanctioned by official rules, as of a game. Interesting, isn't it? It's interesting how. Um, you know how, well, you don't live in farmland, probably, like I do. Maybe some of you do. But as as you go along, you watch farmers, and you watch how they work the land, okay? You just don't go out and plant seeds, you know? Maybe Johnny Appleseed did that, right? And I doubt that he planted any orchards, but... Um, The farmer goes out and he uh, he looks at his land and he says, what am I going to plant this year? Um, He consults other farmers. What are you going to plant this year? Well, I was reading that this year is going to be kind of dry. So maybe soybeans would be a good thing to plant or, you know, maybe this or that. You know, they they all talk with one another and they all come to a common consensus now. I live in um, a county here in Oregon that dubs itself the grass seed capital of the world. And if you have a grass allergy, you don't want to live here um, unless you like taking um, allergy medicine and inhalers and stuff like that. And um, anyway, so the main crop here is, is grass. So the, the farmer gets out there and he first of all, he turns up the land and then he turns it over again. And then they do soil um, experiments to see what the soil needs. And if it needs potash or if it needs some kind of uh, mineral, you know, because there's nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium that are the three basics. If it's shorter, one of those, he puts that in the soil before he plants. And then he makes furrows. And then he plants into the furrows. And then he starts watering. So there's... Um, there is a uh, there's a way of doing this. There's a method. OK, And um, so things like this um, extraterrestrial um, legislation that we're going to look at or that we have been looking at, we're kind of building up to it um, like we've been building up to it. The farmer builds up the planting and also the ultimate illegal alien works the field in order to get his way when he comes or it comes, should I say? Um, so this is all leading up to something. Okay. Uh, don't think that it's all about Mexicans coming over the border. Yes, it is, but it's all the prep. It's all prep work. It's all um, working up to a certain crescendo. if you've listened to any of the, um, the classics, um Beethoven, Mozart. You notice that the music starts out kind of mellow and then it builds up to a crescendo. It, it starts out mellow, like maybe with a flute or maybe with just one violin and all of a sudden other violins join in and then cellos join in and maybe a piano and then the horn section kicks in and then all of a sudden it's like this big band that's playing. It's It's really magnificent music. You should try to listen to it if you haven't. Um, and you really can acquire a liking for it, um, especially if you lay there with your eyes closed listening to it, because you can almost imagine, I always I always listen to music like that, and I imagine things happening, like I imagine the creation story um, when I'm listening to certain music, or I'll imagine, um, oh, I'm trying to think of a certain, well, anyway, it's not important, but you know, if, if you have an imagination, many of you, many of you are younger and you don't. You never learn to imagine things. Um, but it's not too late. You can put down the video games and start using your brain um, for good things. Okay. Video games are a waste of time. They're one of the biggest waste of times I've ever seen in the entire universe. Um, anyway, when you get to heaven, if you're a believer and you get to heaven, and God says, "Well," What did you do? Well, I was really good at this one video game. You know, he's going to say, I don't even want to talk about what he's going to say. Um, okay. So then we looked at illegal and lawful or illicit. Now, let's talk about uh, where they claim to be from. Well, before mankind had the ability to reach into space, these entities claimed to be from Venus and other planets in our solar system. Okay, some of them said Jupiter. Well, good luck with that. Um, yeah, you'd, you'd have to be, um, you'd be on a one plane basis if you came from Jupiter because you'd get crushed down into one plane with all the, the pressure on that planet. Anyway, um, so they claim to be from Venus or other planets in our solar system. Then with the advent of space travel and mankind's ability to visit Venus and other planets, the story of these beings changes now, and they say they're from a variety of places like Orion, the Pleiades, Sirius, and other star systems. Uh Whatever way you look at it, if their claims were true, which they're not, they would certainly be extraterrestrial. Remember that extraterrestrial means outside the Earth, okay? Um, and that's exactly what it means, off the Earth or outside the Earth. Okay, and I imagine if we ever had the technology to go to the Pleiades or to Orion or Sirius, then all of a sudden they would come back and say they came from Andromeda, you know, or something like that. So um, it's all a ruse. The word illegal um, is an apt description of what they're doing. Uh, while there is no law that I know of that prohibits extraterrestrials or other craft from entering the Earth's atmosphere, there are um, there is an implied infraction because all of the Earth, including the sky and probably beyond the edges of the Vanella Belt are Earth territory. Entering into someone's territory without permission is illegal, even here on Earth. Furthermore, the airspace above every nation is sovereign to that nation just to try just try to enter any nation's airspace without permission and see what happens remember um that flight um what was it flight 777 or something like that that was shot down by the russians as it was flying to, to uh to japan it was shot down um because they supposedly entered into russian airspace over sakhalin island of all places and um uh, and they were shot down so there's proof right there uh, furthermore, the airspace, but every nation is sovereign to that nation. Just try to enter. Okay. Read that. If you think you're, um, hostile, if they think you're hostile, they'll shoot you down. And if not, they will order you to the nearest airport where the authorities will be waiting to haul you away. And if you think American jails are bad, go to one of them, uh, go to a Russian jail, go to a North Korean jail. Um, yeah, uh, It'll make American jail look like, uh, like the Hyatt. Um, it's clear that, uh, in the early days of the modern UFO activity that the U S government considered UFOs and occupants to be illegal, even hostile, citing reports that we have our military to shoot them down. Um, uh, supposedly there was, um, There was a uh, convention after World War II where all the major nations got together, even the Russians and the Chinese and everything else, and they all agreed that uh, these things needed to be shot down, and they all made an agreement. Um, Anyway, I digress. Uh, Take into account that kidnapping is a federal crime here in the States and in other places of the world. Every year there are more and more reports of people taken against their will by these beings, also take into account that these beings conduct procedures on their captives that are tantamount to torture. Um, that goes against international law. Uh, threats are made against the captives' lives, and the reports—and if reports are true, some have been killed. Okay. So we have beings who claim to be from other worlds, thus making them aliens to our world. They're not legal and lack documentation for being here, so that's breaking the first law. The second illegal act is kidnapping, the third illegal act is torture, and the fourth illegal act is murder. A score of other illegal acts can be added uh, to the mixture, including rape, trespassing on private property, uh, loitering, using of a deadly weapon, many uh, environmental laws being broken, and others. Uh, These are not good beings, nor do they have good intent. We mentioned uh, before the wording being changed in our day and age to make the illegal aliens look more like workers. uh, That just doesn't have the correct paperwork. A worker that just doesn't have the correct paperwork. Instead, the label of illegal alien were being indoctrinated to accept the term undocumented worker. Let's look at the verbiage again. Undocumented. Requiring documents Required for legal immigration or residence. Not supported by a documentary evidence. Not documented. And worker. Uh, one that works especially on manual industrial labor or with a particular material. I have that underlined for some reason. Uh, often used in combination or a member of a working class. Um, and then it talks about the, um, the sterile uh, bees and ants and wasps and stuff that perform manual labor and protective duties over a colony. Uh, these two definitions are very interesting when it comes to UFOs and its occupants. Remember, they claim to be from other worlds, corporeal life, so to speak. So let's look at these wordings and see how the words apply. Well, first we need to see if there are any documentary evidence that UFOs exist. They are very sensitive beings. They are very sensitive or secretive beings, excuse me coming mostly in the night in a stealthful manner. For the most part, they don't want to be exposed very much, only enough to keep themselves in the back of our minds. The governments of the world have gone out of their way to ignite or deny their existence, giving the public very little, if any, documentary evidence that they exist. We also We see also that the meaning of undocumented is much akin to illegal. In fact, it's just a nice way of saying illegal. The first meaning of the word worker is itself archaic. There are many workers such as social workers and legal aid workers who aren't involved in manual or industrial skills from the information that's been carried out or carried back from those who have been abducted and those who are channeling messages from these supposed aliens and I'm using the exclamation points with my fingers. They want the people of Earth to think of them as interstellar social workers. They claim that mankind is on the verge of extinction or that the earth is about to go through some horrible times and they are here to help us. They're here to aid our next step in evolution, they say. Oh, and my favorite one, they're here to show us the right way because the Bible and Christianity have polluted the true intent of the universe. Yes, they've said that, folks. What I find interesting, though was the second meaning of the word worker as being an underdeveloped and usually sterile member of a colony of social ants, bees or wasps or termites that perform most of the labor and productive duties of the colony. The first thing that stuck with me was that a lot of people say that when they've been abducted, their captives reminded them of insects. Uh, many say that these beings who were, the beings who were, that were in control looked like praying, a uh, praying mantis or some other insect. Um, Many abductees have reported that their captors had no visible sexual organs. The captives also have reported that sperm and ovum have been taken from them, and that action being explained by their captors as an attempt to make hybrids between themselves and humans. And another thing that was striking is that some of the abductees have reported that the aliens seem to work in what they describe as a hive mentality, that they all work together like ants or bees would do in a hive. That parallels that parallels between the definition and actions of the supposed extraterrestrials is striking, to say the least. Hive mentality, like sterile bees and termites and stuff like that. Interesting. So what what does it all add up to? Well, it's quite simple when you think about it. We've seen how the globalists have taken what is illegal entry into the country and how they've equated it with uh, being just a poor undocumented worker that needs the right paperwork here to be illegally, uh, to be here legally. Um, when they talk, they rarely use the word pers- uh the words people or person anymore. They've taken the individual out of the equation and have replaced him or her with social groups and races and nationalities. And they're using the word individual a lot lately too, folks. Um An individual could be anything. Your dog could be an individual, your cat. um, If you have a rabbit, it could be an individual. Okay. the next step will be to equate all the Earth's people under one banner, under one world. There will be a vacuum left when the whole world is under one banner. And this will be natural because every person wants to be uh, individual and to be part of a special subset in science, we learn that vacuums like to be filled, and this one will be filled with, by the introduction of an extraterrestrial into everyday life of into the extra, an extra, with extraterrestrials being introduced into everyday life of human beings. Of course, we know that they will be fallen angels and perhaps demon-possessed drones in disguise as space aliens. There will be many on Earth who will oppose these entities humans aren't too kind when it comes to accepting people or things that are unfamiliar, but the entities will explain that they know that they aren't know that they aren't from here and aren't provided for by law. They will say that they are workers who have come here for a long time, observing humans and helping us along in our evolutionary process. They've been our interstellar social workers who just want to help. It's probably that, it's a probability that immigration law will have a loophole that will fit quite nicely through it, so the uh, the help with the help of the globalists and the ignorance of most human beings, the space brothers they use the quotation fingers again will be accepted in society, so it's important to know that whether through ignorance or blindness to the situation or through willful doing. Our leaders are putting into law or will put into law legislation that will allow fallen angels into the in the guise of space aliens to enter into our society and lead many astray and probably lead society too. Um What does that mean for Christian and Messianic believers in Yeshua? Well, we have to look again at how the words are being manipulated by those in power. One of the key words today is the word fundamentalist. The word means someone who sticks to the fundamentals of what they believe in. For the true believer in Yeshua, it means that we take God's word, the Bible, to be the inspired word of the living God, and we take it literally. The fundamental person believes that the Bible is uncorrupted from cover to cover, and it takes precedence over all other written words and the laws of men, especially when those laws go against the tenets of God and his word. Back in the middle of the 20th century, some citizens saw the need for, to form militia groups here in the states. All of them saw the erosion of American society and corruption of the American government and the legal system and it concerned them. These groups were divided into two camps, the secular camp that stored food up, food up in the hills to prepare for a bad day. Um, And the religious camp saw Armageddon looming on the horizon. The second camp was divided into two camps, one being being the strange groups, people from religious fanaticism to Christian cults. The other group was just a group of people who wanted to have a place to get away when things started to get bad. They wanted to move their people away from all the craziness to keep them in the seclusion of the back country and to protect themselves from what they assume will be anarchy in its highest degree. And again, I say, look at Portland. Um, in 2020, I say that. Well, as the 80s and 90s progressed, some of these militias turned anti-government, and the government took notice. The government infl- infiltrated these groups, jailing some, killing others, and chasing the fugitives who escaped them. Because many of these groups had some sort of religious dogma, they were labeled as religious fundamentalists. Uh, the name was changed later to Christian fundamentalists because many of these groups' uh, religious values were based on New Testament foundation. But unfortunately for many, the new media and the government began to label all these groups as Christian fundamentalists. Later, the media and the government expanded the definition to anyone who holds the Bible to be sacred, the word of God. To make matters worse, for anyone who considered themselves a fundamentalist, there came on on the horizon another group that was labeled as fundamentalist. Islamic terrorists came on the scene and the media and the, and the politicos started with their word games yet again, because these terrorists were Islamic and mostly, and most of the oil-producing nations are Islamic and nation too. Are Islamic nations too? Um, it was uh, thought that best that political correctness be applied again. So instead of being called terrorists, they're now referred to as fundamentalist Islam. Whether this was put into force because we didn't want to offend the terrorists, or maybe we didn't want to affect the flow of oil, probably will only be known by a select few. In 2001, a group of these terrorists commandeered some commercial airliners, and I'm going to change that to some some airplanes, and crashed them into the World Trade Center in New York City, and also the Pentagon in Washington. And a field outside in um, Pennsylvania, which was commandeered by some patriots, supposedly. Uh, whether we know if this is all true, we probably will never know. But um, some speculate that it was a government job, and I'm tending to go in that direction. Um, President Bush declared war into terrorists, mainly Al Qaeda, and after a time of, uh, after that time, most terrorist organizations rallied around Al Qaeda, and thus they are today, or were then, anyway after that came um ISIL and then ISIS and um ISIS has just about been defeated, but uh who knows. Uh, the thing about all this is that that now when American public hears the word fundamentalist, they immediately think of the terrorist, those in uh in fragments of the militia or also a group of meat a group that the media thinks is expedient to malign. But what about the hardworking Christian who thinks that the Bible is the inerrant word of God? This person is a good person, a moral person, a model of society, never hurting anyone and wanting to bring salvation to his friends and family. Well, according to the label that the politicos and the media have manufactured, this person falls into the evil fundamentalist mold and is dangerous to everyone. I think that it's proper to assume that if anyone reading this or listening to this has publicly proclaimed your faith in Yeshua or Jesus and have argued in favor of the Bible or any other thing that the politicals think is dangerous, then you are on that list somewhere as a fundamentalist or a fanatic. Count on it. Okay, this is page 19 of 22. So how does all this fit into the future when angelic entities come to the earth posing as helpers of humanity and salvation for mankind? Well, those of us who love Yahweh will know the truth. We will proclaim the truth to the world and try to bring God's knowledge of this. Next page. Matter to anyone who will want to listen. And what will happen to us for doing What is right? Well, let's take a look at what the politicos and the media are saying about those who are angry about the current immigration status. This very day, if any of us were to go out on television or the radio or send a letter to the newspaper in regard to feelings about the the issues, there would be some very immediate responses. First and foremost, you would be described as a racist. That's funny. I said that back in 2007. It hadn't happened yet. Um, You'd be labeled as someone who doesn't like people of Latin extraction. Second, you would be labeled as intolerant of people who are oppressed and just want a better life here in the States. You would probably be called other things like uncaring, unloving, unsympathetic, a bigot in the strongest sense of the term. And this would happen because you, being a good law to buying a citizen, were upset about illegal activity. Wow, that's amazing. That's all come true. Um, I mean, it was true in a sense back in 2007, but even more now. um, Yeah, that's totally amazing. Now let's take the scenario one step higher. You wake up one morning and you turn on the news. You hear excitement in the voice of the commentator as he tells a story of how strange craft have landed at key locations all around the world. They've landed at the United Nations, the capital in Washington, D.C., the Kremlin, the Hague in the Netherlands, Mexico City, and all the capitals of all the nations of the earth and even some of the larger population centers around the world. As he talks, the door opens up on the craft and strange creatures come out of the craft or maybe they are beautiful looking, almost angelic in appearance. They will tell the world that they have come here to avert tragedy to save the world that is plummeting into chaos. They will tell how they, they have pushed mankind along for years, come, coming to us as, in the personages of Moses, Yeshua, Mohammed, Buddha, Krishna, and many others. The world accepts these new saviors, all but one group, that being fundamentalist Christians. Then the campaign up, steps up and the believers in Yeshua who try to tell everyone that will listen, that these are fallen angels and that their message is a lie. But in the meantime, these beings help mankind in miraculous ways, ending many diseases, bringing peace around the world, ending hunger, and many other things. So what will happen to believers in Yeshua with, Within such a scenario, well, in the beginning, they will be labeled as haters, racist, biggest terrorists, and those who are opposed to the cosmic evolution of mankind via these entities. There will be no tolerance for believers in Yeshua. We will be labeled as the ones who belong to the religion that has never gotten along with any of the others. How dare you believers in Yeshua come against our space brothers? You've preached sin and hell to us for thousands of years, but our Spray's brothers tell us that we will be all become gods and that we all have potential to become one with the universe. We don't want you around anymore. You who believe in Yeshua and we keep trying to preach the gospel. We will be hated for the love that we try to sow. Then we'll fulfill the fulfillment of prophecy come true. Um, Matthew 29, 9 13, then they shall deliver you up and be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that endureth till the end, that same shall be saved. We can see that a lot of parallels between what the attitudes of the politically correct crowd think now about those who try to speak the truth and what is bound to happen when the ultimate illegal alien comes to earth. People will, will always be people. The vast majority of people think, like to think that uh, they can can ruminate for themselves. But the sad reality is that most believe whatever lie there that's presented to them This is especially true when the liar presents them with gifts, giving them things that they want, not things that they need. Today, people want to be altruistic because it makes them feel better. They'll cling on to anything that sounds good to them, but they always seem to neglect looking down the road at what their actions might lead to. Uh, today, their cause is to fight for the illegal alien without thinking that the influx of so many people into American society illegally will bankrupt the social systems and make the other systems that are barely surviving even without a without that influx okay, as usual, people tend to think today that and not for tomorrow with the fallen angel angel scenario, people will buy the lie because they see immediate comfort and a quick fix of all of our earth's social problems. But in the long run, it follows a course that will lead to the destruction of countless souls and all for, and all of mankind as well as the destruction of the earth. But we have a promise of Yeshua that he will come back to save both earth and mankind before Satan can achieve his final goal. Uh, Matthew 24, 21 through 22. For then shall be great tribulation, such as not since the beginning of the world to, to this time. No, nor ever shall it be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Now things to consider. I'd like to address now those who know that they're believers in Yeshua HaMashiach, just say Jesus Christ, those that know him in their heart, those who had a born-again experience and live a born-again life, those who have the Ruach Hakodesh, or the Holy Spirit residing within them, as much as I really do not like the little Christian fads that come up from time to time, I have to use one of the phrases that is said so often, what would Jesus do? I think that if we apply that to every situation that comes into our lives and every little decision that we make each day, we would be much better for our short walk in this world. Down to the last page. In short, we need to evangelize the world. We need to prepare every soul that will listen to be ready for what is shortly coming down the road. We need to seek the heart of Yeshua so much more than we have been doing. We need to stop playing games with Yahweh and we need to get serious about our walk with Him. We need to start doing these things today, capitalized today, because what we do today will determine what our lives are like when the persecution and hatred comes to us. If we are strong in Yeshua now, I'll be even stronger in the hard times that come. If we just languor in our pettiness uh, every day, and every day act like these times aren't coming to us, uh, then when they do come, uh, they'll take us by surprise and many will fall away out of fear or a lack of faith. It's simple, brothers and sisters. We need to seek Yeshua. We need to ask Him what He wants us to do. No matter how crazy or how off the wall it sounds, sure, you'll be known as a nut, as a religious fanatic, and some might even think of you as being dangerous. They thought that about Yeshua, but when you think about it, what does the name Christian mean? It means Christ-like, like Yeshua, just like him. My pastor told the story this past Sunday about a woman in a church who heard Yahweh tell her that she needed to do a cartwheel in front of the congregation. She asked the pastor if she should do what, he heard, what she heard. The pastor told her that if Yahweh told her to do it, then it was stupid that it wasn't stupid or silly and that she should do it. So she did it. After the service, a man approached the pastor and told them that he was totally amazed. He said that as the service started, he told Yahweh that if he was real, that he should have someone do a cartwheel on the front of the church. He didn't think anything would happen, but after the woman did the cartwheel, he knew that Yahweh heard him and he accepted Yeshua as his Lord and Savior that night. See nothing is stupid or silly. If Yahweh tells you to do it, let's listen to Yahweh and heed his call and let's marvel at what he does with us and through us when we heed his call. Amen. So anyway, that is the um the article that I wrote at that time about um, the ultimate illegal alien. Wow, we well, hour and forty two minutes. Yeah, this stuff is coming, folks. It is. It really is. It's, uh, uh, look at the political climate. Uh, the Bible says something about, um, there being a time of perplexity when men will not know what to do. And boy, is that time here now. You know? Um, I, I do know that the elites know what to do and they're trying to do it. Um, I'm not fooled by the Joe Biden thing that he's basically got, uh, uh, he's in the throes of Alzheimer's or dementia. I, I see that as being used some way and somehow to try to promote them um, into office um, after the November election. Um, I pray that uh, president Trump is one step ahead and he knows what's going on. Um, but uh, there's, it just looks like uh, it's an insane act what they're doing, you know, putting a man that's, not is feebly minded into office. Um, I I think they're trying to instill the first black woman president in office. And she's not even black, to tell you the truth. She's Indian and some other stuff, but, uh, um, and I mean, Eastern Indian, Um, but um, it's all a ruse. And we have to be careful because uh, although the Democrats are, are trying to look like they're stupid, they're not stupid. They're doing everything for a reason. Uh, they work for the devil and the devil does everything for a reason too. And a lot of times that reason is, uh, is not seen until after it happened. Um, I was watching a documentary yesterday about Hitler and, uh, World War II and how, uh, you know, when things started up first, he, uh, uh, he went into, uh, I can't remember where he attacked first, but the Allies just kind of dismissed it and then he went into, uh, Czechoslovakia and Austria and the Allies just kind of dismissed it. Uh, you know, no big deal. We're not going to do anything. And then he went into Poland. And had they stopped him earlier, he probably wouldn't. World War II probably wouldn't have happened or it would have been a very short war. But everybody excuses everything away and nobody does anything. You know, and it always, every time, turns around to bite people in the rear end. And people never learn, you know. I see it now with the, the whole tolerance thing in Oregon and you know, you don't want to hurt people's feelings. You don't, you know, you don't want to, um, ruffle their feathers. You don't want to upset people because that would hurt their psyche. Um, but it's okay to let them out of jail early so they can kill three or four more people. You know, you, uh, uh, it's just insane. Some of the things that are going on and, um, I just hope and pray that for the next four years that this will all get straightened out or a lot of it will, and that the the road will be paved for us to return to a um, halfway normal society here in the United States, What you guys do in the rest of the world. That's up to you. Um, I have nothing to say about it. And, uh, you know, um, hopefully if things turn out well here, you can use this as, this as a model, but, um, Right now, I need to worry about myself and my own, and, uh, and my own is the American people. But um, we need to start doing something, folks. Watch us, rest of the world. If Trump gets back in office, do the same. Do the same, okay? Um, don't buy into the ideology of the left. Um, don't take that vaccine. For God's sakes, don't take that vaccine uh, when they offer it. Don't get tested. If they manda- mandate mandate test, don't do it. Come up with some excuse. You're allergic to cotton swabs or something like that. Um, they're, they're setting us up for, for failure. And we know about it. We know how to combat it. Now we just need to fight it. So uh, anyway, with those things being said, and I'm getting kind of tired. It's almost one thirty and I got a couple things to do before I go to bed. But um, I just wish that and, and pray and, uh, for the audience that you guys um, are always discerning and that you always have uh, the Holy Spirit telling you what to do, that you are able to um, reach out to God for the things that you need. And that he bestows upon you the things that you need. Um you can pray for the things that you want, but a lot of times what you want is not what you need. So um don't expect those things, but expect to get the things that you need. And he knows what you need. Okay. You might say, Yeah, I need to I need to win the lottery. No, you don't need to win the lottery. <laughs> You need to follow his will, you need to do what he tells you to do, and then, if he decides that he's gonna let you have some kind of cash flow, then that's nice but uh um, just using that as an example anyway, um yeah, just keep going with God and uh maybe tomorrow night I'll have another show and then um then we'll have Monday night show. We still have to figure out what we're doing there um It might just be the four of us talking about a subject. Um, Anyway, I just pray peace and prosperity and love and goodness upon all of you in the name of our mighty Lord and Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach, commonly known as Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Good night.